This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Scott, coming back off of the two-week break, how do you feel like the decor handled the the desperation level, the forecheck of the Capitals? Because they clearly were a team, um, you know, a team with a be under their bonnet today, and obviously. Challenge Boston's D for the first time skating in two weeks. So uh, how'd you think the D fared? Yeah, I thought first period, not very well, but, you know, the whole team I thought was a little off to start. Um, Capitals forecheck definitely did give them some issues at times. Um, But as the game went on, I thought the Bruins did a pretty good job uh, keeping Washington to the outside, not giving up a whole lot. Um, that you know, Washington got some great eight chances in the first period for sure. Uh, but then not a whole lot as the game went on. Uh, you know, and only Bruins only gave four shots on goal in the second period, then ten in the third. Um, you know, job number one in time facing the Capitals is limit Ovechkin. And I thought they did for the most part. Uh I think it was like early in the third period, he had a shot attempt that missed the net, and I was like Huh, I feel like I haven't really seen Ovechkin like taking too many shots today. And I looked, and at that point, I think he had one shot on goal and three attempts. And you know, he ended up with two on goal and six attempts. So he had a you know a couple more after that. But um yeah, I think they did a pretty good job limiting Ovechkin and limiting the Capitals. Uh Carlo saw the most ice time against Ovechkin. I was just looking, he had eight minutes against him at five on five, which was more than two minutes more than anyone else. So, you know sort of a glimpse at like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is the value that Carlo can bring if, uh, when he's playing well, like not, not to say that he's going to shut down Alex Ovechkin over an entire series, but you know, he's clearly like the guy that Montgomery would trust the most in that matchup. And I think Cassidy trusted him in that matchup in the past. So, um, yeah, got better as the game went on, but, Defense probably struggled a little bit to start. So if you're in if you're in the Bruins dressing room, Scott, you're a coach, you're a player, whomever, like I think for playoff teams, it's easier to get 
find that everyday motivation um, as you kind of turn the corner on the trade deadline because everybody knows what they have going into the playoffs and it's just, you know, spring is in the air. You get, you get that. But for the next like three weeks or not three weeks, what what's today? The 11th. Yeah. I mean, call two and a half, three weeks. Like what, what are you pointing to from, to keep a team that's played at this level all year and seemingly has nothing to fear as far as like where they're going to finish in the standings. Uh, it's just a matter of staying healthy, but like, how do you keep aside from just like the, the cliche, like, well, you got to be a professional, right? But like, what's that motivation that you're pointing to in the locker room? If you're, if you're the Bruins right now. Well, I think Bergeron said after the game is one, they, they do want to keep getting better, but you know, I also think that it's, they don't want to keep losing again, especially against other teams in the conference. And like, you don't want to give teams hope. You don't want to get on a skid where all of a sudden, you know, like it's, it's been broken up by the all-star break, but they've lost four of their last five. Like that's, that's not something they want in their resume. So, um, you know, I think it's also, you can point to the Carolina hurricanes are seven points back and, you know, they, they lost to the Rangers Saturday night. So the suddenly red hot Rangers helped them out, uh, you know, team that, went out and got Vladimir Tarasenko and, you know, along with the Horvat trade, probably one in one day in terms of the biggest trades so far this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Carolina wins that all of a sudden they're only five points back and it's like, they're not so far out in front that, you know, they have absolutely nothing up for grabs. Like you slip up a little bit longer and all of a sudden, you know, top seed is in play and that, could matter like that is something worth playing for you know i don't i've said this before like i don't care about the regular season points record or getting more wins than any team in nhl history like i don't even necessarily care about like lifting the president's trophy like it's whatever but i do care about that number one seed because if you end up in a conference finals against carolina we've we just saw it last year what home ice can mean in that series like May, it can change between now and then, but for whatever reason, they struggle playing in Carolina. So, uh, you know, that can also be a motivation of like, hey, you guys haven't locked up anything yet. Like nothing's clinched. So, you know, let's get back on track and get back to being the dominant team and not open the door for someone to chase us down. Yeah, it's funny how different teams just present different challenges to each other. Like, for example, the Bruins go down to Carolina. They play in Raleigh and, and they just they can't penetrate Carolina's structure down there. It's they're they're never really threatening for wins down there. They're not really putting Carolina on their heels, but then the Rangers last year in the playoffs were able to eliminate Carolina on home ice and do whatever they wanted against them in the playoff series. And then tonight Panarin gets four goals in, in Carolina and the Rangers beat them like six or seven or three. So but on the other side, like the Bruins, I feel like would handle the Rangers no problem. So it's very strange how different teams just are weird matchups for each other. And so to your point, like, yeah, you, you need to stay ahead of Carolina. And and yeah, like the Bruins have lost four or five. It's just like you said, it's been broken up by a vacation for them. And even in some of their wins prior to that, they were kind of they were just getting the W. They weren't necessarily playing great hockey. And Look, what what's what's the goal of me saying that? I'm not trying to shit on the team. I'm just it's just a matter of fact. It's 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 middle of the season. It's tough to get up all the time. Um, but they're gonna have to get it get it going again soon. Um, 
So, Scott, you mentioned Horvat. You mentioned Tarasenko. So, two teams in the Eastern Conference have gotten better. Now, look, the Islanders, best case scenario for them, I think are gonna they would be a wild card team. Um, and I don't think they got significantly better. I mean, Horvat's makes them better, but it's not like the Islanders are a contender in my mind. Rangers got much better, I think, with Tarasenko, and he has experience against the Bruins in their playoffs, and we don't have to go down that road, but he did pretty well. Tonight, there's a lot of circulation. Um, guy we talked about last episode with Razor and, and Bridget. Um, Chikrin was held out. Jacob Chikrin was held out of the lineup. Uh, Arizona versus the Blues because of uh, what seems to be an impending trade or something along those lines tonight, tomorrow, or soon. There are various reports. Nobody knows what to believe, but apparently certain guys that are plugged in up in Canada, they say that Toronto's out. They say the Kings are out. They say the Oilers are out. Um, which kind of leaves like the Bruins who have been reported to have interest. But then you see other reports saying the Kings are in. I don't know what to even ask you here, Scott, because it's, it's just a circus. But like, what do you make of all this right now? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, it's certainly, I mean, for the Coyotes to hold them out, and again, you know, two and a half weeks out from the deadline uh, tells me that like something moved today. You know, something got closer. They thought they were getting somewhere like you don't hold them out. If it's like, oh, you know, we're still kind of just talking to a bunch of teams like you hold them out because at least one team has gotten close enough where you're like, OK, like this might be done pretty soon. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that it is going to be done pretty soon. To your point, we've, you know, it, we've seen conflicting reports about when, like when something's going to happen. Um, Greg Wyshynski of ESPN tweeted that he wasn't expecting anything imminent Saturday night. So maybe it, you know, still drags on another day or two. I think the Coyotes don't play again till Monday. Um, Jeff Merrick had the report that, Edmonton, Toronto were out. There had been a report earlier that Edmonton is connected with San Jose on Eric Carlson and kind of reignited that. Um, you know, Merrick's wording on the Kings was a little interesting because he said, like, they, they poured cold water on it, but he didn't say they were definitively out. And then I saw Frank Valley of Daily Faceoff, um, basically, like, while we're recording, just a f- few minutes ago at the time that we're recording uh tweeted that there's a lot of smoke around the kings and the kings on saturday night are holding dustin brown night so you if they are the team like you could understand them maybe throwing some cold water on it because hey they don't want to overshadow you know the night dedicated to certainly one of their recent franchise legends you know a guy who helped them win two cups has been a captain like um you know, they, they would have a vested interest in waiting and announcing this probably not. I would really hope like teams around the NHL are 
smart enough to not announce a major trade on Super Bowl Sunday, but that really would be classic NHL to like bury a huge trade when absolutely no one is going to care about what's going on in the NHL. But um, yeah, it's interesting to, to your point, like the Bruins are still a name that's out there. Uh, it's a Frank Pignata of fourth period mentioned Kings, Bruins and flames. So, you know, it seems we have no idea if the Bruins are close. We have no idea if they're going to be the team or for all we know, they could already be out, but like they've, hung around this conversation and these rumors till it seems like what might be approaching the end. So uh, yeah, we definitely can't rule anything out. No. Nah, and I feel like you and I, we, we've discussed in the past, like plenty of times what a guy like Chikrin could look like in Boston. And, you know, but we've also talked about how they don't need him and they could find other areas to address. So until something happens, we're just going to keep, you know, reiterating the same sentiments. But what, what do you what do you feel like? Do you notice the NHL um, landscape changing in regards to beating other teams, setting them, setting the trade market earlier on? Like, I feel like back in the day, like the trade deadline was what it sounded like. It was like it was a sprint to the finish. Like everybody kind of held out until the end. Um, teams didn't want to show their cards. Teams were holding out hope to be a buyer and whatever, whatever the case may be. But here we have Horvat goes to Long Island. We have Tarasenko goes to the Rangers. And now Chikrin, like we said, seems to be on the move in the, in the next couple of days. And the trade deadline is still weeks away. So do you think teams are, are doing this on purpose to set markets or whatnot? Or is it just kind of the way it's kind of happening? I don't think it's necessarily to... I think it's more on the buyer's end. I think buyers maybe more than the past are motivated to get guys in earlier and, you know, give guys more time to acclimate, see the team with the new player ahead of the deadline. And maybe that helps inform, you know, any other, maybe one last like depth move or something that you make. Um, I think teams are realizing that, when you add a guy with like a month left in the regular season, there's some risk that he might not be fully integrated by the time the playoffs start. And I think teams increasingly like really want to obviously like hit game one running and, you know, have that team together for, if you can have that team together for two months going leading into that, instead of just one, like, that that's a huge difference. You know, that's double the, the re- number of regular season games. So I think if anything, there's been just more motivation on the buyer side where it's like, Hey, if we're two months out and we're close, let's push this back past the finish line. Like, you know, why wait two more weeks to see if the price comes down and Hey, keep us in the loop. If anyone beats our offer, it's like, you know what? We're close. We want the guy. Let's just finish it. Let's push this over the the line. And I think that's how it should be handled. Like that's like, like when you're in high school and a teacher tells you, "Hey guys, next week we have a test." What you should do is go home every night, read a couple of pages of the chapter, and get prepared for it. But what you do is you're at <laughs> breakfast the day of the test, and you start scrambling for 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 through your notes. But like you really should just kind of like take care of business before the actual deadline. That's so it makes sense that teams are doing that. I mean, it's, it's honestly surprising it's taken so long for them to do that. 
And also, it's like if teams want to get a better look at like, all right, do we want to look at extending this guy in the off season if he's a, if he's a pending free agent or is he a, a pure rental? It's easier to make that decision if you can take a look at them for like almost two months before the play and playoff as opposed to you know a month in playoffs. So, um, yeah. Uh, so there's gonna be some news to drop, and I'm sure we'll be d- discussing that midweek, Scott. 